Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. We invite you to open up your Bibles as we join Pastor Gary Bowman for today's message. Good morning to you. How are you doing? All right, ready for Christmas. Yeah, Pet Boys is open late on Christmas Eve, by the way. If you're looking for a last-minute gift for somebody that you love. And uh, we just want to share the good, good, good news of Jesus Christ, right? And last Sunday when we were together, we, uh, we, we discovered this, um, uh, how God the Father, how God the Son, how God the Holy Spirit are like um, absolutely, uh, unstoppably, uh, uncontrollably committed to your everlasting and ever-increasing joy. And that, that, that Christmas, uh, that story that begins there for us in Bethlehem, is like the launch pad that, that, that rockets this great joy into your orbit and into my orbit. And uh, we, uh, let's open in our Bibles, if you have your Bible, to Luke chapter 2. And there's a Bible on the rack near you. Or if you don't have a Bible, someone around you will help you to find one there. And we're going to turn to Luke 2, which is on page uh, 1026. Uh, and and, and th- this, this fact that absolutely, without certain, it's a done deal that those of us who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior are going to have this everlasting and ever-expanding joy in our lives. And we saw it in, in Luke chapter 1, and we saw it in Luke chapter 2. We saw in Luke chapter 1 there the, the birth or the, or the um, conception of, uh, of, of, of Elizabeth and Zechariah who become the, the mom and the dad of John, who later becomes the Baptist, and, and how that little baby did somersaults of joy when Mary, who is now pregnant with Jesus, comes into, comes into their presence, and, 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 and how the angels are singing about joy and announcing joy. And we come to Luke chapter 2, and we discover here verse 10, but the angel said to them, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good, 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 good news that will cause great, 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 great joy for all the people. And, and, and so we have this, that's why we sing, isn't it? That's why we, we rejoice. That's why we gather together. That's why the lights, that's why we sing joy to the world for the Lord has come. Amen. And that's what we celebrate is that is his his coming his coming to the planet is like God in a way leaning over and with his very lips God breathing life and joy into all who would believe. It's just this great great moment where joy is just like amped up into our world and it's a joy that God has for all of his children that will never end. And like nothing else you know, we'll get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why the angels announce, I bring you good, 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 good news that will cause great, 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 great joy for all the people. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. 
and or but. There's always an and or a but, right? But we're realists. We are not pie-in-the-sky followers of Jesus. We're realists, and in this world today, there's much trouble. Um, Around the world, um, in Syria this morning, and in North Korea this morning, and under the overpasses of the 54 and the 805, there, there is much trouble, right? And, and, and in, in our own lives, um, our lives, if, we're, if we just got to be really brutally honest here, our lives are not always joyful because we have, uh, all of us at different seasons in our lives, all of us have disappointments and all of us have struggles and all of us have disillusionment and all of us have people that we thought we could trust, but who let us down and we're left with like, who is that person? I, I thought I knew them. And, and we're, we're left with loved ones who become very sick. And we're left with loved ones who die. And we're left with loss and pain and broken relationships. And so it, th- this message of joy, while we hear it with one ear, we feel something else at the same time, don't we? And, and, and that's the world we live in. And, and that's the world that Jesus lived in, right? That's the world post-Genesis 3. And, 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 and that's the world that, that, that Jesus himself knew. Um, before Jesus, or about the time Jesus was about six weeks old, his mom and dad took him from Bethlehem, and they went up to Jerusalem, a very short journey, and they took him into the temple. And they were going to present him or dedicate him. And um, as they came into the temple carrying their baby Jesus, an old man. And I picture this old man trembling. He's so old. He maybe has Parkinson's disease. And he is trembling as he, and, and he walks up to Mary and to Joseph And maybe without even asking, he takes the baby Jesus from them. And he holds this baby. And I think Mary is worried about two things. I think she's worried, number one, does he have a cold, Simeon? And number two, is he going to drop my six-week-old baby? And this man looks and his old eyes They light with joy, and he realizes this is the one we have waited for. This is Jesus, the rescuer and the Savior, and he rejoices in God. And then he looks into the eyes of baby Jesus again, and he looks into the eyes of Mary again, and a sadness comes over him, and he turns to Mary, and he says to Mary, there will be much suffering for your baby. Could you imagine as you're checking out of the hospital with your baby, someone speaking those words? And not only will there be much suffering for this baby, but Mary, the mother, to you, there will be great suffering. It will be like someone takes a sword and thrusts it through your belly. And so Jesus lived in a world like we live in, right? And, and um, before he was out of diapers, mad King Herod, 
went on a rampage, right? And, and one night in a, in a dream, J- Joseph is warned that Herod is going berserk and he's sending soldiers into the city of Bethlehem and he's going to kill every baby boy under two years old. Every baby boy under two years old. And so Joseph doesn't wait for sunlight. He doesn't wait for daybreak. He gets out of bed. He wakes his wife up. They get the baby in their arms. They grab everything that they can. And in the middle of the night, they flee for their lives as refugees. And they land, they go across the land, and they land in Africa, safe in Africa. Aren't you glad no one built a wall? And all of Jesus' life, he was a man of sorrows, right? He's one disappointment after another. People that he loves get sick and die. Um, Betrayed by a kiss. The people who had sworn their loyalty to him desert him. They leave him to hang on a cross. He is a man of sorrows. He is no stranger to pain. And so my question is then, for Jesus and for us who live in the same world, what is it? that sustains Jesus and fills him with joy and keeps him going that we might lay our hands on that will sustain us and fill us with joy and keep us going even when difficult things come. What is it? There must be something there. Because if there's not something there, then this promise of joy is like a cruel joke, right? And the joke's on you and the joke's on me. But tucked away in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, there is this one sentence line, this one sentence that I think gives us insight, great insight into how we can have joy now, even in the midst of some difficult days, and how we can endure even the most difficult of things that came in our life. And here it is up on the screen. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And the writer of Hebrews, who we don't know who it is, God inspired them. It tells us to look to Jesus. So looking to Jesus, who is the founder and the perfecter. He's the pioneer of our faith. Here it is. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. Not the same. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so what this passage tells us here is that the way that Jesus endured the most difficult, you know, you know the suffering of the, the physical suffering of the cross and the emotional suffering of the cross. But let me tell you, you know this, that was nothing compared to the spiritual suffering they went through in, in, in that time in which he was separated from his father, right? And he endured that. He hung in there and I think even had joy in the midst of his suffering He even had joy in the midst of his suffering by looking forward to the joy, the future joy that God in heaven had waiting for him. 
I, I think this is, this is the clue. This is the good news. Jesus not only tells us, but he demonstrated by his life the way that he was filled with joy and that he endured suffering was by having a vision, a meditation, a pondering upon the future joy of heaven. That's what we're going to talk about this morning a little bit. Even when life is raw, and life gets pretty raw sometimes, and even when we are speechless and we just don't even know what to say, and even when the tears sometimes won't stop, when, when your eyes just keep leaking and leaking and leaking, there can be a deep-seated joy, and we can endure any hardship as we follow, we followers of Jesus, we follow Jesus by focusing and looking toward and pondering and meditating upon the future joy that God has for us. There's, a, there's an incredible verse that I love in 2 Corinthians, and I, I'm going to put it up here uh, from the Message Bible. The Message Bible helps me oftentimes to understand verses, and this is one of them. So we're not giving up. Now, you've you got to understand the context of 2 Corinthians. Paul has been suffering immeasurably. He's been shipwrecked. He's been, he's been whipped 39 times, several times. He's been left for, the, for dead. He's been deserted by his friends. Man, life has been tough. He, he, knows, he knows difficulty. And he says, but he says, we're not, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart, falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, there's not a day that goes by without His unfolding grace. So He's saying, even even in this day of the difficulties, it's God's grace that sustains us. It's God's grace that carries us through. Now, look what He says in the next verse, next part of the verse. Next verse: These hard times are small potatoes. I love that. And He's not saying they don't hurt. They feel like two-ton potatoes on his back, right? But he says, compared to the future joy, the future glory, the future grace, they are like small potatoes. They're small potatoes compared to the coming good times. This ever-expanding, ever-deepening, ever-widening joy that we will have in heaven, that lavish celebration prepared for us. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I have for years wanted to do a sermon series, a message series on heaven. And I just never have gotten to it. I've just never gotten to it. So you are going to get about 10 years of study on heaven in the next 20 minutes. So put your seatbelts on, okay? And then you can dig in a whole lot more. But, the, but the, 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 I think the strength to joyful living today is pondering and meditating upon the future joy that we'll have. I think, I think, I think the, the way that we endure the difficult things today and have joy even today in the difficult things is by pondering, like Jesus did, the future things, heaven, what God has in the new heavens and the new earth uh, for us. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We are just going to take some time to ponder and think and imagine from the scriptures what I think heaven is really going to look be like. Now, some of you are bored already. That's the reason we're leaving the lights down. If you want to fall asleep, uh, you are going to miss out on heaven. Not eternally, but you're going to miss out on heaven this Sunday morning. Some of you are going, oh, heaven, heaven. Oh, heaven is like 
boring. Let's be honest with each other, okay? You know, if you go into Sunday school, they've got this cool construction paper, and they have these big hunks of cotton, right? And that's heaven, right? And there's people just floating around on those clouds, right? Playing harps for all of eternity. I'm not interested, okay? Matt might be. <laughs> Matt might like that, floating around in a cloud, just being able to play his guitars all, but I'm not a guitar player. And I just, by the way, uh, Matt called April this morning to make sure we were wearing the same shirts here this morning. Really, it's cool. I like that, Matt, you and me here. And Fred did too. Yeah, and Kate did too. Yeah, good. So, um, so you know, it's like heaven, you know, I don't know, just... What's the deal with heaven? Like we sing Amazing Grace, which I love. But there's that line in there. When we've been there 10,000 years, da, da, da. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And I'm kind of a little bit honestly, like, I don't know if that's supposed to encourage me or not. Because like 10,000 years singing, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm not a singer. If you ever sat in front of me at church, you know that. And I like, my arms get tired after 10,000 years. And will Matt make a stand for 10,000 years? And what if there's songs that I don't know or I don't like? And so like, I just, I'm just kind of, you know, being a little sarcastic, but I'm being sarcastic because I, I, I think, I think some of you resonate with me when I, when we think of heaven a little bit like this, right? And, and I, I'll be honest too, that heaven sounds good, but it sounds a little tedious, because it's kind of like, okay, well, I've seen most of heaven 10,000 years. And I've got a whole eternity of 10,000 years ahead. You know, it's kind of like when someone um, uh, shows you on their iPhone uh, pictures from their road trip to Nebraska. You know, and I, I, I apologize to you if you're from Nebraska. I really apologize to you. Uh, uh, and, and, and they're showing you these pictures. Now, let me just tell you, first of all, they never let you hold the camera. Have you ever noticed that? When someone wants to show you their road pictures from Nebraska, they never let you hold the camera. They never let you swipe. And, and just let me be honest with you. If you want people to like you and you're showing them photos on your phone, hand the phone to them. Give them swipe permission. That's one of the first rules, okay? So, so you're looking at them and they're holding the camera, right? And they're like, okay, now this is, and his cousin, uh-huh, yeah, is married. Remember that lady that was in church about a year ago who had blonde hair? Remember that lady? She, well, she was sitting right behind that other guy, okay? And so, like, you've looked now at three photos, right? And an hour has gone by. And you're like, do you have, do you have many more? Yeah, oh, I got 352 more here. Yeah, let me show you all the rest of those. And, and sometimes I wonder, if will, will heaven kind of be like that? Like, oh, that's cool. That's really great. That's really great. But I've been there, done that. I've seen that before. Or will heaven be like, when, you know, because I've always thought when you get to heaven, I used to think when you get to heaven, you're just like downloaded information because you're, you're perfect, right? You're, you don't have any sin anymore. But you're like downloaded information about everything. Like, so you know everything about God. That's just kind of automatically downloaded. You know everything about the creation. And you just know everything. And I'll just be honest with you. That's not very interesting, is it? I just think that I'd kind of feel numb and kind of feel frozen 
in, in, in that kind of an environment. But, but, but here, put on your seatbelts, okay? Here is what heaven is really going to be like. We saw Psalm 16 say that there, there, are, there are joys forevermore at your right hand. There are pleasures and delights that will go on and on and on in heaven. That, 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 that heaven, heaven is going to be like, like a feast that gets better and better and better with every bite. Have you ever, um, you know, like you missed lunch because you were working in the yard really hard or in the, in the garage really hard or wherever you were in, in the house, wherever you were working, you're working really hard. So you miss lunch and then it's seven o'clock and you're just exhausted and, and you're, you're dirty and you're hungry, right? And so what do you do? You are a good chulavist and you go to Felipe's, right? And, and, and you go out to Felipe's and you order the largest greasiest, cheesiest, fattest pepperoni, triple pepperoni pizza you can, you can get, right? You, you sitting in Philippi's and the smell is like, oh, this is, what do you say? This is like heaven, right? You just can't wait for that pizza to come out. So you come out and you take the first bite and it's like, oh my gosh. It's so, and you take the second and take the third. And as you're, as you're eating this, you're going like, I hope this never ends. Right? I just hope I can just eat pizza the rest of my life. And it just tastes better and better every bite. But what happens after, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours of eating pizza? You know, you kind of start slowing down, right? And you're kind of like, I'm not feeling real good. And this pizza, you know, you, you kind of end up with a, with a half a piece. And you're kind of playing with the crust. And not sure, should, should I really eat the rest of this or not? You're just kind of writing stuff on the pan with the grease and stuff. And you're like, oh, I'm done with this. Heaven is not going to be at all like that. What heaven's going to be like is this feast that you're going to take the first bite and you're going to go, I have never tasted God like this before. Amen? And, and then the second bite, you know what? The second bite is going to be better than the first bite. And the third bite you're going to taste is going to go, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Oh, I already did. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to die. That didn't happen in first service. Uh, I'm going to die and go to heaven, you know, and then the fourth bite and then the ninth pizza. You're not going to have a stomachache at all. You're going to be so filled with God himself. And his kindness to you. And his mercy to you. And his joy to you. And after the 15th pizza. You are just going to be. Oh this is so good. Can I have another slice of God. I want you to understand. That all of those pizzas have always been there. You're not, you're not making. God's not becoming new or different. That's always been there. And you're just getting now to explore him. For all of eternity. You're never, you're never going to stop eating at the feast of God. And every bite's going to be sweeter and saltier and better aroma. And pepperoni will not cause cholesterol in heaven. I know it won't. I know it won't. Oh, my goodness. Heaven, what heaven is characterized by is increase. Enlargement. Bigger. And heaven's, the joy of heaven is, here's a word that you'll never hear in heaven, diminish, recede, slow down. 
You're, those words aren't even in the dictionary in heaven. Because every, every day is going to be better and more escalating and intensifying. Every day will be more awesome than the day before. And every day, every day, I don't know if you're going to sleep in heaven. I have no idea about that. It's a way above my pay grade. But every day in heaven, you're going to go, you're going to wake up, and you're going to have a thousand, aha! And then the next day, you're going to have a thousand more, ahas. And you know what? I love to be fascinated. And one of the things that's going to happen in heaven, you are not going to be downloaded with all knowledge. Sorry. I, I know. I, I'm really sorry. That that what you're going to do is discover the knowledge of who God is for all of eternity. And every day, you're going to be more fascinated than the day before. You're going to go, I'm so fascinated how, how kind God is, how beautiful is cre- the new creation of the heavens and earth is. And then the next day, you're going to get up if you get up, you know, and you're going to get up and you're going to go, oh my gosh, I was fascinated yesterday. That was kids play yesterday. And you're going to go, oh my gosh. And the next day you're going to get up. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to go, oh, a thousand new fascinations. I thought, oh, those were kids play. And just every day is just going to escalate and get better and better and better. And every day there's going to be more new sounds, more new music, more new worship, more new. You think cinnamon rolls smell good. Uh, Every day you're going to go, oh, and then the next day you're going to go, oh, that is that is better. And colors, they're going to blow your mind. And then each new day, there's going to be new, incredible thoughts and connections than the day before. And you go, I hardly knew anything yesterday. And then you're going to get up the next day. And guess what? I hardly knew anything yesterday. It's just going to up and up and up and up because we're exploring God. And every new day, our love and our adoration for Jesus will increase and enlarge and throb and intensify. And then the next day you're going to get up and guess what's going to happen? You're going to love Jesus and adore him. And you're going to look back at yesterday and say, that was awesome. But it's nothing. It's a shadow compared to today, right? Isn't that going to be awesome? Hey, you know what this excites me about? This excites me about people that I love that are already in heaven. Oh, many of you know April and I have two little boys in heaven, twin boys, Andrew and Evan. They're not floating around on a cloud. Nobody's changing their diapers. They're not strumming harps. They're on this incredible adventure of exploring and discovering the greatness of their Lord and their Savior, right? And your loved ones too, you've got them there, don't you? Your mom or your dad or your child or your cousin or your spouse. Someone that you've loved so much. Guess what? It is awesome. I I sometimes say at funerals, I say, you know, I'm sorry to tell you this, but if they had their choice of coming back today, they love you a lot, but they wouldn't come back. Why do we say that? Because God's presence is like the most, it's so amazing. And every day it just gets better and better and better, this exploration. And you know what else is going to be in heaven? One of the things I love about Paseo del Rey is you laugh a lot because the joy of the Lord is our strength, Right? We should be the most laughing people in the universe, believers in Jesus Christ. And you know what heaven's going to be full of? It's going to be full of reverberating laughter. Your mouth will be, will be filled with songs of joy and your tongues with, 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 with great laughter. Psalm 126. 
and, and tomorrow the laughter in heaven will be louder than it was yesterday. And it'll be deeper than it was yesterday. It'll be more joyful than it was yesterday. And tomorrow you'll look back and say, why were we so quiet with the laughter yesterday? And every day will get better. I love what Lewis says. Any of you like Lewis? I do. He says that heaven grows drunk with its universal laughter. This is what the angels were announcing outside of Bethlehem. Some of you get irritated with me because when I read the scriptures, I sometimes exaggerate. I cannot over-exaggerate Luke 2.10. To the shepherds and to us, do not be afraid, for I bring you good, 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 good news. The gospel that will cause great, 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 great joy for all the people. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, page 1174 in the Bible that's near you there. Ephesians chapter 2. And I think we see here one of the many descriptions in Scripture of this everlasting, never-ending, and constantly, constantly expanding. It's like a river. The joy of heaven will be like a river that never recedes. That only gets bigger and deeper and wider the farther we go. Because God is infinite. You will never be bored at exploring the grace and the kindness and the love of Jesus Christ. There is no bottom to that. There's no ceiling to that. There's no sides to that. It will go on for all of eternity. And we get to be part of this. Filled, no wonder our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Ephesians chapter 2. Paul writes, as for you, writing to us, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, so hey, good news for you. We're all in the same boat, right? Every one of us. Here's the good news, is you're a lot worse off than you thought you were. That's what Paul says. That's what the whole Bible says, right? All of us also lived among them at one time. None of you can go, oh, no, no, he's not describing me. Uh Yeah, he is describing me. He's describing you. Um, Verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying, feeding, fueling, loving, encouraging the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thought. And so like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath by nature by our sin nature every single one of us deserves one thing from god and one thing only his wrath but don't you love that word don't you love that word but verse four because of his great 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 love for us that we're going to get to explore for all of eternity god Not Social Security, not a president, not a Congress, 
not a drug, not a bank account, not your own ability, but God, because of his great, great, great love for us, God who is rich. Oh, God's so rich. What's he rich in? Let's say it to you. He's rich in mercy. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love on your tombstone, and all of us are going to get one unless Jesus comes back. Wouldn't you love on your tombstone when someone leans over and they read your name and the dates, and then it just says he or she was rich in mercy. Oh, that'd be a life to be lived, wouldn't it? The people would know you. They would know me because we're like God. We're not God, but we're like God. And we are filthy, rich in mercy. That's what you're going to get to explore for all of eternity. You're going to get to go into the bank vaults of the, of the riches of God's mercy. And, and, and you know some of it today, don't you? you? We've just scratched the surface of God's mercy. And you're going to get to spend all of eternity with me, with all who love Jesus, exploring the mercies and the beauty of God forever and forever. And it's this God who, who made us rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. He, he took us from dead. It's not, we don't rescue ourselves. We don't, we don't have mercy in and of our own selves. But it's God who made us alive when, with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace you have been saved. And guess what? God has raised us up with Christ. And he has seated us. Right now, there's, there's a part of us in some way that's seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And he did all of this. He did all of this rescuing lost, messed up, foul people. He did this, verse 7, in order that in the coming ages, not just next week, Paul picks his words very particular. He uses this word age which means eon. And he makes it plural. So he says, in the coming eons, upon eons, upon eons. He, he, wants, to, he wants to slather you. He wants to lay upon you the enormity of what's going to happen. Not just next weekend or not just next month or not just for the next seven years or the next 49 years. But for eternity, forever and ever and ever, this, this, in order that in the coming ages, he, who is God, might show or show off or parade the incomparable, the, the innumerable, un, uh, immeasurable riches of his grace which have been expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. The whole rescue mission that Jesus came to, the, to Bethlehem and the angel announced this good news of great joy was so that for all of eternity, 
the kindness and the mercy and the grace of Jesus might be demonstrated to all who will watch. And I think this is where people who don't believe on Jesus, they will, they will still bow their knee in amazement. They won't come to believe, but they'll bow their knee when they see how incredibly merciful and graceful and kind Jesus has been to his people. And, and it's, like a, it's like a parade that never ends. It's this parade that you're a participant in. You're in the parade and you're an observer too. And the angels are watching this parade. And as we explore heaven and as we discover all that God has for us, every moment and every, every day and every moment, we will see more and more of the love and the kindness and the grace of Jesus. And we're just going to be awestruck just day after day after day. Every day we'll discover more and more about his kindness. He, Jesus, God did all of this, verse 7, in order that in the coming eons and eons and eons, he, God, might show the incomparable. The word is hyperbole. It's over the top riches of his grace expressed in his kindness. And we will, in Christ Jesus, and all of us will marvel day after day after day. We like to go to Yosemite. I remember the first time I went to Yosemite uh, with my friend Tom Moucher. And we came around the corner there on the road. And all of a sudden, the valley is before us, right? If, if you've never been to Yosemite, or if you have been to Yosemite, go again. And because going to Yosemite can be an act of worship of God's creation, right? Of the God who created all this. And so most all of you, if you've ever been to Yosemite, you have a picture of your family there, Right? Right there at that little turnoff and just the valley and half domes behind it. Well, what, what, what heaven is going to be like, it's going to be like Yosemite Valley in a way. And you're going to go down in the valley and you're going to stand and you're going to look up at the falls. And there's water pouring over the falls. And you're going to go, this is, oh, it's breathtaking, right? And you're going to go over to half dome and you're going to climb it in an hour or so. And you're going to look at half dome and you're just going to be amazed. You go up to Tuolumne Meadows and you're just going to walk through Tuolumne Meadows and you're just going to go, oh, there's just, there, this, is, this is like heaven, right? And then the next day in heaven, you're going to go a little further down the valley and you're going to find a passageway, a hidden passageway, and you're going to go down that part of the valley and you're going to come around that part of the valley and all of a sudden, a valley a Yosemite Valley that's twice as big as the one you were in yesterday is going to be in front of you. It was awesome yesterday, but look at it today. And you're going to see a half dome that's three times bigger. And then the next day, you're going to, you're going to hike around again, and you're going, to, you're going to find new beauties of God's creation that make yesterday look small and miniature like Legos. Like, and then the next day you're going to discover more and more and more and more. And I want you to think about your friends, your people that you love, who are there today exploring God and all of his beauty and all of his majesty. And they're not floating on clouds playing harps. And they're giving him worship and glory forever and ever. Verse 7 of Ephesians 2. Jesus did all of this rescuing. He came to earth for, for this reason. In order that... In the coming ages, God might show the incomparable riches of his grace 
expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And his name will be praised forever and ever and ever. And it will echo through all of those beautiful valleys and all around the table of the feast that he has for us. And that's the message of Christmas, isn't it? That's what, that's what, the, that's what the angels said. It's, Don't be afraid, they said, for I bring you good news that will cause great, great, great joy for all the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So here's my urging to you. Here's my urging to you. Is ponder and think about and read every biblical reference you can find about the future joy. And as you ponder, sometimes people say, oh, he's so, so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I don't think that can happen. Because when we ponder the amazing wonder of being with God forever in his heaven, it'll change the way we live today. It'll give us power to endure the most difficult things that we have to face. And we have to face smart things. But like Jesus, who looked to that joy that was set before him, it empowered him to have joy today and endure the sufferings and the shame even of the cross. So ponder and think on and talk with people about what the glories of this ever-increasing joy in heaven are going to be like. I, I, I cannot over-exaggerate them. It's going to be that good. And so, Jesus, I, 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 we, we thank you for Bethlehem. We thank you for the message that the angels from that launch pad blasted forth. And how Jesus' birth brought new and everlasting joy into our lives. And Jesus... Help us not to be so earthly minded yeah, that we, we miss the joy that you have for us here today. Help us to be so heavenly minded that we're empowered and emboldened and we want to share that joy with others around us. So Jesus, help us this Christmas not just to think of Bethlehem, but what Bethlehem brings. And so we worship you. We worship you with great joy. In Jesus' name, amen.